Well, today we're going to wrap up our series, This Is Us, and this has been our sermon series for the month of June. And so I want to start today just by sharing something about me, and I don't know if you'll think this is kind of a weird fact about me. I think it's a little strange, but um, just something about me. Now, I'm a big, big movie fan, and I know that's not weird. Probably most of you like movies, and I like, you know, kind of the movies that everybody likes, like the big blockbusters like Gladiator, Harry Potter, or whatever, but there are a couple of movie genres and styles that I'm a big fan of that I bet you're not, and one of us is weird because of that, and it's probably you, um, but there's two uh, movie styles that I really like, and yeah, they're a bit weird. The first one is I love sci-fi channel original movies, and okay, and I love lifetime movies and so I do and let me let me explain I'll, I'll kind of unpack this a little bit now like on sci-fi channel they'll show like you know kind of regular Hollywood movies like Independence Day or Alien or something and I, I'm not talking about those but I'm talking about sci-fi channel movies that are about when some scientist genetically splices two like killer animals together and they create this like super killing animal and it goes on a rampage I love those kind of movies. They're fantastic. And so, a couple of examples of great sci-fi movies you should go watch. Uh, one is Dino Shark. That's a good one. Um, another really good one is Piranaconda. That's classic. Just envision the mayhem from that. Uh, the best one is Frankenfish. It is just envision what that is. and. Uh, so I love those kind of movies. They're great. You know, huge spiders that take over a city or something, whatever it is. They're awesome. And Lifetime movies that I like, I don't like like the heartwarming, sweet Lifetime movies. Those are boring. But I like the Lifetime movies where it's some nice, innocent person or some nice, innocent family. They don't realize that there's some psycho who wants to ruin them. And that crazy person, like, weasels into their life becomes their friend and then starts like destroying their life from the inside these movies are amazing and so those are two movie styles that I'm a huge fan of and I don't know why everybody else isn't so but the reason I bring that up is that while there are kind of these movie styles and genres that everybody likes you know that Hollywood kind of makes their bread and butter on action comedy romance thrillers all those kinds of movies there are some movie genres that I think are a little off the beaten path or maybe under the radar that are really good. And one that I think is really good that um, a lot of people, I think most of us would say are pretty good, but I really think is really powerful, is um, movies about unlikely friendships. Movies about unlikely friendships are fantastic. You know, movies about two people or two groups of people who have nothing in common, they're totally different from each other, they have all these reasons to not be friends or to not kind of join in friendship, but they push past their differences or their hatred or their misunderstandings, and they form friendship. For example, just a few ones. Um, this movie's a little old, and some of you uh, younger people in here may not remember this movie, but some of us who are older will. Uh, Driving Miss Daisy is a great movie about unlikely friendships. It was about this um, elderly white woman in Atlanta in the 1960s, and she hires an African-American man to be her driver. 
and they become best friends, and it's this really cool, beautiful story. Another example is uh, Shawshank Redemption, two unlikely friends in prison, Andy Dufresne and Red. Incidentally, Morgan Freeman is in all of these movies, it seems like. He is, he's apparently a really good friend, so try to meet him. Castaway is another good one. Um, Tom Hanks, weirdly, but as expected, becomes best friends with his volleyball because he's on an island. And you know and I know that we would do the same thing if we were on a, you got to talk to somebody. And so that's what he does. Uh, Finding Nemo is a good one. And uh, Gran Torino, Clint Eastwood, The Blind Side. I could keep going. But we love these movies about unlikely friendships. There's something really heartwarming. There's something really powerful. And there's something really challenging about that. But we, we really connect with those. And even if a movie's not necessarily about the focus is unlikely friendship, but it's even a part of the story of a movie, kind of even the small part of the broader story, we love that. And what we want to talk about today is how for us as Jesus followers, we are called to have and to pursue unlikely friendships and how we're to be open to those in our lives. That this is a really important kingdom of God value and part of God's gospel plan. So that's what we want to talk about today. So what I want to do is I want to begin by reading our scripture. And this is going to be out of 1 Samuel chapter 18. And so if you've got your Bibles, you can go there or it'll be up on the screen behind me. But this is going to be 1 Samuel chapter 18. I'll read it to you. It says, After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became, it's supposed to say, became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. And from that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. Jonathan took off his robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and his belt. His tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. So, let's pray real quick. Lord, we love you. And we ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you would come and speak to us through your word. Lord, that you would um, speak to us clearly. And Lord, that we would open our hearts to hear from you. As you said, Lord, he who has ears, let him hear. So speak to us and change us. God, would you transform us, Lord, that we would be people of unlikely friendships. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Now, as you talk about friendship, just to start off, friendship is one of the most important aspects of life that all of us have. I mean, if you made a list of like the most important parts of life, friendship is right up there. It is so important to have friends. God has created us for friendship and community. None of us are supposed to live in isolation. None of us are supposed to live on an island. We need other people. Whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, whether you like people, sometimes you don't like people, but we're all made for relationship with other people. That's just how God has created us. God himself is relational. God is three persons in one in the Trinity. God has relationship in and of himself. He is a relational God, and we are relational people. And it's so important that we have good and the right kind of friends. I mean, I can tell you, having the wrong kind of friends can really mess you up, and it can really do damage to your life. I mean, to have friends who tear you down, lead you into sin, pull you away from Jesus, you don't need friends like that. We need the good and right friends. We need friends who love us and support us, who walk through life with us, who celebrate our highs, and they are there with us in our valleys. People who challenge us and push us towards Jesus, that we have fun with, that we can do things with. Friendship is so, so important. You know, it's not like icing on the cake in life. It is part of the cake. 
having good and the right friends. But here's the thing. When it comes to friendships and the friends that we have, and this is not a bad thing, so don't hear it that way. This is normal. But when it comes to our friendships, I would say for most of us, pretty much, I don't want to say all of us, I can't say for sure, but I would say the vast majority of us, and probably many in the vast majority of our friends, are people who are very similar and like us. If you think about the friends that you have, they are probably very similar to you. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, that's normal. But think about the friends that you have. I think about the friends that I have. For example, they probably look a lot like us. All right, we tend to be friends with people of the same race as us or the same ethnicity. They probably dress like us and we dress like them. We probably talk very similar. You know, we talk like they do, they talk like we do. That's just how it is. We tend to be friends with people who are the same age as us. You know, if you're in high school, your friends are in high school. If you're in your 20s or 30s, that's kind of where your friend group is. But if you're older in your 60s or 70s, you tend to be friends with people that age. We tend to be friends with people who are in the same stage of life as us. You know, if you're in your 20s and you're single, that's probably your social group. But if you're in your 40s and you're married and you have kids, that's typically who your friends are. We tend to be friends with people who have the same political beliefs as us. You know, we, we don't tend to like to be friends with people who don't agree with us politically. It's just, unfortunately, it's the state of our country. We be, we're friends with people who have the same hobbies and interests as us. We tend to be friends only with people who have the same faith and religious beliefs as us. This is just what we do, and that's not a bad thing. That's not wrong. In fact, that's normal. You go around the world, it doesn't matter what country or culture, this is the standard. We are friends with people who are like us, and that's okay. And so what I want you to just see right at the beginning as we talk about this, that probably for most of us, all of us in here, including me, that many, if not most of our friends currently, I would say, are likely friends just in the sense that they are very much like us and that it's a high probability that we would be friends with them because we're so similar. I mean, it makes sense. You want to be friends with people who like to do the same things as you. You know, for example, I like to sit and honestly, this is kind of a not really a group activity, but I like to sit at home and read by myself. And, you know, that's not really something you do with your friends. But my family, we all do that. Like, we'll all sit in the living room with a book and not talk to each other and read because... We like to be around each other, and that's just something similar we do. All right, we are just, the most, the majority of our friends we have currently, I would say, are likely friends because they are like us, and that is okay. But what we need to understand as Christians is that we are called also to unlikely friendships, that we are to be friends with people and have relationship with people who are not like us. And this is not to replace or to supplant our likely friends. It's to be in addition to this is really important in God's kingdom that we are people who seek and pursue unlikely friendships. And we want to unpack that today. Now, the scripture that we read out of 1 Samuel 18 speaks right to this issue. That's what this passage focuses on. So let me explain this passage to you. This passage talks about there's two main guys in it. There's David and then there's Jonathan. Now, David... This is the King David that probably most of us know, the David who killed Goliath, David and Bathsheba, that King David, the greatest um, king in the history of Israel. But at this point in the story, David is not the king of Israel yet. A guy named Saul is king. Saul was Israel's first king, and he was God's chosen. But Saul started off great following God, and then he didn't. And so God rejected him and said, okay, this guy David's going to be king. And the other person in the story is this guy named Jonathan. And Jonathan is actually Saul's son. 
Now, the way it works in monarchies, particularly in the ancient world, was whoever was king, their oldest son would inherit the throne. So Jonathan is next in line. So he is supposed to be the next king of Israel. But the problem is, that's how the laws of man decreed it. Jonathan, you're next up. But God rejected Saul and said, nope, this other guy who's not related to Saul, David, he's going to be king. And Samuel the prophet had anointed David that you're going to be the next king. And so there's kind of this political tension and this political fight seeming to come. Because you've got Jonathan, who's supposed to be the king, but God said, no, this other guy who's not related to Saul, David is going to be king. And so there's kind of this tension there. And, it, and the way we have to understand this is this is hard for us to understand because in America we have elections and democracy and peaceful transition of power. But in the world today where there are still monarchies and battles for power, but especially in the ancient world, the way it worked was if you wanted to be king or you were supposed to be king, you killed everybody who might be a threat to you. That's how most of these families worked. It was a really bloody mess. And so Jonathan, he knew that God had said David was supposed to be king. So in, under normal circumstances, Jonathan should have wanted to kill David, kill his family, and wipe everybody out who supported David. That's just how the world worked. And David, as a usurper, that's what he was known as, even though God had picked him, David, Jonathan was his obstacle. David should have wanted to kill Jonathan and wipe out his family. All right, I just want you to understand, like, these two guys should have hated each other. They are like, I don't know, Batman and the Joker, Rick Grimes and Negan. I mean, this is who they are. And this is like a setup for, like, a Shakespearean battle of epic proportions. Like, this is like Game of Thrones come to life. Like, they should have wanted to wipe each other out. But the strangest thing happens. Jonathan and David, they don't want to kill each other. In fact, they're actually pretty good friends. It turns out they are like the best friends who ever existed. It's so bizarre. Two guys who should have wanted to kill each other, they really are the best of friends. Verse 3 says, it says, Jonathan loved David like he loved himself. Now you think about Jesus told us the second greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. I don't think I've ever done that. I've tried. I really like me, and it's easy to love me, but I don't feel like I've ever loved my neighbor. But that's what Jonathan did with David and vice versa. And it's really incredible that these two guys, under no logical reason, should they have wanted or been friends. They should have been mortal arch enemies trying to wipe each other out. But they formed this incredible friendship. And it's amazing. We didn't read this in this particular passage, though we did get a glimpse of it. Jonathan willfully surrenders his claim to the throne to David. When we read when it says he took off his tunic and his belt and all that, that is Jonathan surrendering his claim to the throne to David. That's a kind of a prophetic picture of it. And it's amazing. These two guys are such unlikely friends, but yet they do become friends. And it changes the nation of Israel. Jesus ends up coming. You know, he's a descendant of David. Like this has huge impact on the entire biblical message and narrative that these two guys who should not have been friends, who had huge differences, who should want to have killed each other, they become the best of friends. And what this passage shows us is that, yeah, we are called to live in unlikely friendships, to have these. All right, and I just want to say, like, just honest, just straight to you, like, we are called as Christians to be friends with people who are not like us. This is so important. We are supposed to have friends who are dissimilar from us. As Christians, as Jesus followers, we are to have friends with people who are a different race than us, 
who are different ethnicity than us, who are in different socioeconomic status than we are, who are different age than us, all right, who dress differently, who talk differently. They can have different political beliefs. We are called to be these kinds of people. This is who God has said we're to be, and this is what we're to do. Jesus did this. This is how he lived. When you read the Gospels, Jesus, it said, he would hang out with sinners and prostitutes. Now, just get that. God hung out with prostitutes. I really can't think of two more unlikely friends than Jesus and a prostitute. But he lived this out. He knew that unlikely friends was so important, and he was all about it. And he did it. Now, let me say something here, kind of pull back a little bit. I was just thinking about this as I was preparing this week, and I don't know if this will make sense, but I just wanted to put this out there. Like, I was just thinking about it, how I don't want this sermon to sound like this is a lesson for elementary school kids about being friends. Like, when I say you should be friends with people not like you, that I feel like I would say that to six-year-olds in school. Does that make sense? Like, that seems like something a teacher would say. Like, I don't want this to come across like, this is like an episode of Sesame Street or Barney the Dinosaur. Like, be friends with people who are not like you. That sounds like something you would say to kids. It's so much bigger and it's more important than that. That really, this whole idea of unlikely friendships is really, it's a foundational part. It's a foundational layer of the gospel. Like, th this is right in there with everything that God does through Christ. So let me try to explain this real quick. Okay. When Jesus died on the cross and when he rose from the dead, and the gospel was open to all of humanity. Something really cool happened. One of the parts of the gospel is that God offers friendship to humanity. In John 15, 15, Jesus says, I have called you my friends. And this is a big deal. God offers friendship to humanity when we put our faith and trust in Jesus. And what we need to understand is, in the history of the universe, there is no greater unlikely friendship that would ever exist more than God to us. There's not a more unlikely friendship than Jesus to humanity because God is holy, he's sinless, and he's perfect, and we are terrible sinners outside of God's grace. And so there's no more unlikely friendship ever than Jesus and you or Jesus and me. And we've got to understand this. And so God offers unlikely friendship to you and I, and it's part of of what saves us and how we grow in our faith. So this is so foundational, and it's just a part of the gospel message is unlikely friendship. And here's the kicker. Anything that God does for you and me, anything that God gives us as his followers, we are called to give that away. All right, anything God has freely given to you and me, we are called to give the same thing away to others. So because God loves us, we are called to love others. Because God forgives us, we forgive others. And because God has given you and I unlikely friendship, we are called to do the same thing. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 8, he said, freely you have received, freely give. So anything that Jesus gives you and me, anything he does for us, we can never not do that for others. That's just how it works as his followers. Because he does it for us, we do it for others. And because Jesus has offered you and I unlikely friendship, we are to do the same thing. And I hope that you can see that this is really a part of the gospel message. Because because of the cross, because of his resurrection, God offers us friendship with him. And, and there is no greater unlikely friends 
than God to us. And because he's done that, we're to do the same thing for others. Now, the reason we do this, okay, I don't want us to hear like, oh, this just sounds like a good idea, or this seems like it's nice, you know, as Christians we should be nice people, whatever we might think. Don't, we don't want to water it down that way. This is really important, because what happens when we engage in unlikely friendship, and what we need to understand about them is that they are transformation. There is something incredible transformative that happens in unlikely friendships. You know, I alluded to, you know, we see these unlikely friendships in movies, and part of that story always is how it changes the people in those relationships. And for us, it's the same thing. I can't explain it. I can't give you, like, a step-by-step theological explanation. But there is something God does in us in unlikely friendship that he changes. The Holy Spirit changes us and changes the other person. And it's a powerful, powerful thing. And I would say there's three main ways that God changes us in unlikely friendships, okay? Number one, we will grow in our own relationship with God. You just will, I promise. When you step outside of your comfort zone, when you step outside of being just friends with people like you, you grow in your own relationship with God. And by the way, you're doing what Jesus did for you when he offered you friendship and he offered me friendship, okay? So that's the first way we transform. Secondly, we broaden our horizons. And I had a seminary professor, he said this once. He goes, if you only know one culture, you really know none. And I think that's really true. And it's important that we want to be people who have a rich experience in life, that we know more than just our lives and our little part of the earth. And I'm telling you, unlikely friendships will broaden your horizon, make you a deeper, richer person. And thirdly, I will say, it will help bring the kingdom of God to earth because heaven is going to have a lot of diversity. One of the things in the Bible it teaches that in heaven, it says people from every tribe, language, tongue, and nation. All right, heaven is going to be a lot of people who look really different, who dress differently. It's just going to be awesome. And so when we engage in unlikely friendship, what we're doing is we're actually doing our assignment. When Jesus says, on earth as it is, as it is in heaven, engaging in unlikely friendship is actually partaking of what goes on in heaven. Because heaven has people from everywhere. And they're not all going to look like we do. Does that make sense? So we're actually doing what Jesus told us to do when he said, bring heaven to earth. When we engage in unlikely friendship. And these are the three ways that God transforms us and transforms the world. We grow in him. We broaden our horizons. And we bring heaven to earth when we engage in unlikely friendship and like i said jesus modeled this for us this is what he was this is what he did he he loved people who were not like him tax collectors prostitutes sinners he modeled this for us and again god doesn't call us to do something that he doesn't or hasn't done you know i had a friend in college i thought this was pretty cool uh, is a buddy of mine, and he had a real heart for evangelism and trying to reach out to people who he thought didn't have a lot of friends. And that was just something he had a burden for. And so what he did is he was, I went to the University of Georgia, and he ate in the dining halls every day. And so what he tried to do, he was like, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm just going to give it a shot. But what he did was he would look for people in the dining hall who he always saw sitting by themselves and didn't seem to have any friends. And what he would try to do is he would just go up to their table, sit down with them. I mean, just, you know, like, this is like a business cold call. He would just try to sit down and become friends with somebody he didn't know. 
but he looked intentionally for people who didn't seem to have any friends. And so he said, sometimes it worked, sometimes most people thought you were a weirdo trying to be nice to them. But he tried this over and over again, but this was, I thought this was so cool. He ended up, one day he sat with these two students who looked older than him. They were um, male students from Korea, South Korea. He sat down with them, starts talking to them, and it turns out they were PhD students. They didn't speak great English, but they were glad that somebody had kind of reached out to them. And so he began to sit with them on a regular basis. And, you know, over the course of their conversations, you know, they found out he was a Christian. And it turns out they were a Christian. And it was so funny. One day they, he told me they were like, they asked him to start leading them in a Bible study. And he was like, uh, okay. And they're like, could you lead us in a verse-by-verse Bible study of the book of Romans? And my friend, he was 21. And just in case you don't know, Romans is arguably like the deepest, densest book in the Bible. And my friend was in college, like, had barely even started his major. He didn't know anything about how to teach the book of Romans. I mean, as a seminary student, this, like, gives me, like, an anxiety attack. You probably can't relate to it. But it's like, they really could not have asked him a harder task. And he was like, I had started out this whole journey just trying to be friends with people. Before I knew it, you know, I was leading the Bible study through Romans, and I didn't know what in the world I was doing. But he was like, we went for it. And so they would meet in their dorm um, every Thursday night, and they went through Romans, and these guys loved it. And he just formed these two unlikely friendships with two PhD students from Korea. And they met for a semester. Those guys graduated. They went to Korea. He said he never heard from them again. But he was like, it blew me away. And it was just so cool to hear, like, here was a guy who just stepped out and said, you know what? I want to find unlikely friends. I want to connect people with Jesus and grow myself through this because God calls me to do this. And he ended up leading a Bible study with two guys from Korea through the book of Romans. And I just thought that was so cool how God did that. But that's what we're talking about, you know, going outside of ourselves and saying, okay, Lord, thank you for the friends that I have, the likely friends that I have, but where are the unlikely friends in my life that I could reach out to? Who do you want me to offer this to since you offered this to me. But we are called to be these kinds of people. We really, really are. Again, God did it for us. We do it for others. And so let me just get you thinking a little bit, just to think, just brainstorm a little bit about your life, about maybe where you could do this. You know, just think about, for those of you who might be in students here, whether you're junior high, high school, college, anybody in your classes, anybody in the dining halls you see that you could maybe try to be an unlikely friend to, I mean, I, I can think, looking back now, I can think about in high school, um, I always had, there were always kids who always sat by themselves. I'm telling you, dining hall is a great place to become friends with somebody. You know, for those of you who work and have jobs, is there anybody in your office or your workplace that people don't like? I can tell you other jobs I've had, gosh, there were people I didn't like that I worked with, and I should have been a better, I used to work at a Papa John's, and there were so many people there, I'm like, A, I don't like them. B, why can't I fire them? And that's really how I felt sometimes. But I was like, I I should have been, I should have reached out more. Maybe there's somebody in your neighborhood, you know? Maybe you've got that, you know, crazy person who lives on the corner that everybody's afraid to go to their house. I don't know. Um, Whatever it is, just like think about who in your life. And, you know, is there somebody at your gym or you go to the Starbucks and it's the same barista? Whatever it is, like. I promise you there are unlikely friends in your life just waiting for a Christian to do what God has called us to do. 
And even here at church, you know, one of the things that we as a church are about is, you know, we're a family. We are in this together. The people in this service, the traditional service, we are all one family. We're not two churches in one. And I think there are people here that could be an unlikely friend. In fact, we have a short video to show you um, real quick. This is about two people in our church who have formed an unlikely friendship, but it has really changed them. All right, and this is going to be a guy and a young lady, Bill Bethune and Amanda Wilson, and that God has brought them together as friends, and it's really changed their life, and it's a real great picture of what we're talking about. So you guys can hit that video. I want you guys to check this out. So I think it's such a cool video. It really captures what we're talking about, that we would be these kinds of people here at our church, outside of our walls. You know, God has called us to do this, and we need to start to live this out if we're not already. And just to say, you know, if you are kind of feeling a nudge about this, I'm going to tell you, like, this week at fan camp, this is a great time to start because we're going to all be together. This is going to be a cool time for us, Um, people of all different ages in our church coming together. But this is really important. You know, God has saved you and I through unlikely friendship, and we need to give that away to others because God uses it to transform us and transform others. And this really is a part of the kind of the heart of the entire gospel message. So I'm going to invite the band back up, and we're going to have a closing song as we wrap up today. And I'm going to pray for us in just a second. But just be, you know, for you, just think about it. Anybody in your life have come to mind today? You're like, yeah, maybe 
that's somebody I could form a lifelong friendship with. And if you don't have anybody in mind yet, that's okay. Just keep your eyes open throughout life. I promise you they're there. And I promise you God will use you to do this. And so let me pray for us, and then we'll close with our final song.